This podcast is intended as entertainment for grown-ups and to spread awareness of 826LA, a nonprofit writing and tutoring center for children ages 6 to 18. For a full schedule of 826LA's events and programs, including the Echo Park Time Travel Mart, visit 826LA.org. And now, here's the host of the Dead Authors Podcast, Mr. H.G. Wells. Greetings, good listeners, and welcome once again to the Dead Authors Podcast. As always, it is I, H.G. Wells, here with another installment of your favorite deceased literary figure interview-based form of digital audio entertainment. My guest this chapter is the delightfully silly and probably only partially insane Shel Silverstein. I must tell you, and you'll soon enough hear for yourself, Mr. Silverstein's antics during our interview left me a bit rattled and desperately in need of some sort of ordinary activity to bring me back to my senses. So off I went to Target! Come now, don't act so shocked. Of course I shop at Target. We all shop at Target. Yes, it is well within my abilities as a traveller of time and space to pop across the pond to Harrods, at Debenhams, at Fenwick of Bond Street, or even to Clayworths, which you lot won't find out about until late in the 43rd century. Hard to beat Clayworths for all the latest fashions and the day-to-day scuba apparel that becomes necessary for human survival in the not-too-distant future. But enough of that humdrum, let's get back to Target! There I was, enjoying a churro and a fountain cola, navigating my gay red trolley toward the sporting goods. I'm a fiend for lawn darts, don't you know? When something in the 99-cent bin caught my eye. It was a stack of copies of The Time Machine, my very own novel. You know the one, about the Bally Time Machine. Ladies and gentlemen, I was aghast at this placement until I realized its true significance. My body of work, the only writings that comprise the true origin of the science fiction genre, had been deemed so important, so vital to the enrichment of humankind, that it is now being made available even to those with the most paltry literature line item in their household budgets. And if I may say, with all due modesty, it's about sodding time. I mean, honestly. They've been putting Bibles in hotel rooms since Methuselah's high school graduation. It's only quite natural that this should follow. And before you ask, no. There are no other works of so-called science fiction making their home atop this hallowed perch. I did notice that a collection of Tommy Rot with a squid and a big stupid balloon on the covers had been tossed into a nearby rubbish bin. But who's to say how they got there? All that matters is that they're right where they belong, surrounded by a lot of discarded coupon circulars and us weeklies, and smeared beyond recognition with a lot of mustard packets, which, if you're wondering, are free for the taking from the condiment counter next to the churro stand. And so, with that taken care of and the universe set firmly back on its moral axis, we can all sit back and enjoy chapter 25 of the Dead Authors podcast with my guest, Shel Silverstein. Here he comes. Please, no, please do. It's safe. This is a safe place, Mr. Silverstein. Yes. Don't you see you? Oh, there he goes. Right over the box. Here he is. Shoeless Shell Silverstein. Welcome, Mr. Silverstein. Thank you so much for allowing me to transport you from uh, the past into the future. Why are we doing this? Well, it's it's... People are people are intrigued uh, by you uh, and the things you've written. Uh, <laughs> it's a sort of Chewbaccaian display of uh, despair. Let's write a poem. What we're going to write a poem yes, right now? Yes, let's do it right now. Oh well, I'll, I'll base it on my drawing. <laughs> okay, for the for the for the listener, it's a bit of a bit of a rude drawing of uh, of. Um, you don't like it? We can do another. We'll do like... another drawing. We'll do another drawing. Oh, it's fine. This is exciting, which please. We, which we title our poem. Uh, 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 why, don't we, why don't we each pick a... We'll make it a, a four-word title. Fantastic. You say the first word, I'll say the second, and so on. Fantastic. That's the first word. Oh, okay. <laughs> fantastic times. So two fantastics. Oh, all right. All right. Yes, and? Fantastic. Fantastic. My word. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> Your word. Feel as if uh, honor compels me to say fantastic. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather be doing this than work asking about these stupid books? Well, no. no. <laughs> you know, no. 
I'm glad you asked because uh, I would rather ask you about your stupid books than uh, than do this. Uh, well, first of all, poetry. Uh, uh, I, I hope that you won't take offense to this, but of course, uh, it's long been recognized as the most embarrassing art form. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I am well aware. Okay, so, so then you understand. But, yes. but, but, but these people here, how many people have read The Giving Tree at some point in their life? Thank you. Ah, people mustered up just enough energy to uh, respond to my question. So these people who are, uh, seem to have a passing knowledge of your work, they're certainly dying to hear about your processes, your life, your loves, your losses, things like that. <sighs> I suppose we can talk about that. Well, before, before we do, uh, uh, perhaps this will be more to you. I liking. drew a radish devil. <laughs> His name is Fantastic, 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 Fantastic. We don't have to do this right now. No, so but I insist that we collaborate. Let's put a pin in that for now. We'll come back to your radish devil. Uh, by the way, that was not included in the price of admission. That's a, that's a, a gratis radish devil. <laughs> you've just seen drawn live by Mr. Shel Silverstein. Uh, I wonder if you might... Fa I see you brought some books. And yes. I, I'm very glad to see it. I, I, I wonder if you might favor us with a reading from one of your works. You will. <laughs> this is... Oh. You're reading I from... I lost my page. All right. I saw it happen live. <laughs> now, this is from... Where the Sidewalk Ends. Where? The Poems and Drawings of Shel Silverstein. Where the Sidewalk Ends. By Shel Silverstein. How many people are familiar with Where the Sidewalk Ends? Round of applause. Very exciting to hear it read live by the author. Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out. Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out. She'd scour the... First was the title, which you yes, said. Yes, I read in, the in title first, voice. and then I would. <laughs> I see. Then I do my poetry reading voice. I, I wanted to make sure it wasn't just the same line read over and over no, again no. in different voices. <laughs> I would not do that to these nice people. Okay. On behalf of these nice people, I appreciate that. Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out. She'd scour the pots and scrape the pans. Candy the yams and spice the hams. And though her daddy would scream and shout, she simply would not take the garbage out. And so it piled up to the ceilings, coffee grounds, potato peelings, brown bananas, rotten peas, chunks of sour cottage cheese. It filled the can, it covered the floor, it cracked the window and blocked the door with bacon rinds and chicken bones, drippy ends of ice cream cones, prune pits, peach pits, orange peel, gloppy glumps of cold oatmeal, pizza crusts and withered greens, soggy beans and tangerines. That was a close one. Crusts of black burned buttered toast, grisly bits of beefy roasts. The garbage rolled on down the hall. It raised the roof, it broke the wall. Greasy napkins, cookie crumbs, globs of gooey bubblegum, cellophane from green bologna, rubbery bubbery macaroni, <laughs> peanut butter caked in dry, curdled milk of crustless pie, moldy melons, dried up mustard, eggshells mixed with lemon custard, cold french fries and rancid meat, yellow lumps of cream of wheat. At last the garbage reached so high that it finally touched the sky. And all the neighbors moved away and none of the friends would come to play. And finally, Sarah Cynthia Sout said, okay, I'll take the garbage out. But then, of course it was too late. The garbage reached across the state from New York to the Golden Gate. And there, in the garbage she did hate, poor Sarah met an awful fate that I cannot right now relate because the hour is much too late. But remember, children, remember Sarah Stout and always, Take the garbage out. <laughs> Shell Silverstein, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now, the, I, I do feel uh, badly for the listener who wasn't able to see that performance. And, and what a performance it was. You, you were prancing and dancing about like some sort of satyr. It was, it was very exciting. Um, no one knew what you were going to do next. 
Uh, I will say uh, this, that I, I thought that poem uh, was about to end several times before it actually did. Um, and then, at, at the moment when I was thinking that, when I realized, well, none of those really would have been endings. Uh, you're just listing uh, disgusting things that are in the garbage. Um, and then, uh, when it finally did end, I do feel it was a bit of a cheat uh, when you said that uh, Sylvia met a certain fate that you weren't going to... Uh, oh, no. That the, the hour was too late to, to relate to anyone. I've gone on too long. And so we, we, can't, we can't do it. But I feel like... A, I mean, there's, there's a certain amount of whimsy, certainly, but, uh, but, but really, um, you could have cut out a few disgusting things and, mm. uh, and uh, maybe made room for the fate. <laughs> Especially if you're trying to get children to take out the garbage. I don't, I don't know. I think you might want to relate to them directly. Here's what would happen if you don't take out the garbage rather than some sort of vague idea. I feel like children will find a loophole. When is this over? Okay, now, I, I understand this is not your favorite thing. You, you, you're on the record as saying uh, you don't believe there's any point to doing interviews. Why do them? <laughs> when we could be collaborating on a story or a song. Well, do, would you like to write a song? We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about your songwriting career in, in, in just a minute. But, but would I, you like to write a short play? <laughs> would you, in any way, are you interested in collaborating with me on a small cartoon? I would. <laughs> do you know what? Yes. But first, we must suffer through this interview. <sighs> and then at the end, at the end, at the end, I promise you, we shall do a cartoon together. And here's how it's going to go. You'll draw the cartoon, and then I will provide the caption. So the challenge is on me. You can draw whatever you like. It's up to me to caption this cartoon. Challenge accepted. <laughs> well, as, as I say, it's, it's more of a challenge for me, but uh, <laughs> thank you for being brave enough to accept my challenge. <laughs> well now, so you, you don't like interviews, and, you, and you've said this because Work you, should speak for itself. You're all about the work, yes. yes. Yes, work should speak for itself. You shouldn't have to go back and rehash it. Uh, we I, already did it. Certainly. And then now, you read it. But now you, you, you work, uh, as you know, um, uh, uh, we, we've, I've taken you to a point in time where uh, you're no longer alive. Your work is done. What? And so, now... <laughs> We, you knew the name of the show. No, I did. I'm okay. You're having fun with. I'm me. a, I'm a japer. You are a bit of a japer. You're a bit, you're a bit, uh, you're a bit naughty at times. People, mm. people might be familiar with you. <laughs> people might be familiar with your children's uh, uh, books, but they might not realize that uh, you, you've written some, uh, some randy things. Oh, see this right here, light in the attic. Indeed. I told Harper Collins they had to publish a whole big book of my dirty poems and drawings before I gave them this. Just to see if they'd do it. And? They did it. There we go. It's the power of Shel Silverstein. All right. I just didn't hear what you said. You, uh, I went away for a second. <laughs> My mind is going a thousand miles an hour. Of course it is. I had six espressos before the show. Uh, <laughs> so well, I, may, perhaps you were drinking espressos when you attended the University of Illinois because you were expelled from that school. Yeah. Why were you expelled? No one I just never showed up. I was doodling and drawing all the day long. And uh, I didn't take the academics too seriously. So you felt you'd, you'd, you'd arrived at uh, your career. This is what you wanted to do. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I knew. I liked cartoons. Oh, I so, liked you, so you didn't yet realize this is how I'm going to make a living. I had no idea. You just thought, I like doing this more than going to classes. Yes. So why don't I cut out those classes? I loved it. My father hated it. And my mother loved it. So that's two, two against one. Th yes, two against one. <laughs> well, that you... <laughs> All right. Good name for a poem or a short story? <laughs> just, Look, if I'm alive again, I'm going to start writing. That's just how I... That's how I <laughs> work. <laughs> I haven't revived you from death. I've just... I've transported you in a time machine. I'm, sh I'm, I'm fuzzy on the concept. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is the effect that the time travel has on people sometimes. It is nutty. Yeah, it, it certainly is. It's very, it, it's certainly very difficult for me because I have to be very careful. If, if, if the, show, the show started late this evening, and I do apologize for that. Why? Um, you have a time machine. Well, this is, this is the thing. This is, this is exactly it. Here's, here's the problem. 
Here's the problem, is that you must be very careful not to cross your own time stream. And it's not because of anything cataclysmic that's going to happen. It's not because it's going to cause some rift in the space-time continuum. It's because it, you don't like to see yourself um, in your own time stream. It's just, it makes you self-conscious. There's, there's looking at yourself in a mirror, where, and no one enjoys that. There's uh, seeing yourself on film, even worse. But to actually see yourself walking around in three dimensions, oh, there's, it's just, it's... I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. it. You'll see things you never thought were there before. The angles you didn't think possible and just to see it actually moving around in life, your own stupid, disgusting body. Oh. So sometimes we're late for things. Plus also, you do have to get back into the time machine. Time, you get carried away. You might be far away from the time machine. You have to get back in there. It's, it's a hassle. It's, it's just frankly a hassle. So. Time machine cross the stream. Mortimer Tim's in the time travel dream. Stirring in space like coffee cream. Mortimer Tim's in the time travel dream. Coffee. <laughs> That's... That was a wonderful uh, bit of slammery. Thank there you he very is, much. right in there in his space capsule helmet. Certainly. I like that uh, the, the, the title was buried until the third stanza of the poem <laughs> and then made a little reappearance at the end to button it all up. A sort of uh, Edward Lear kind someone of... Someone uh, can have this if they like. I would hand it to someone. Is that so? I, I, I bet there's people that would like... Oh, there's a few people that would... Oh, they, it's going to happen I right now. I saw your hand right there. There you go. There we you. go. <laughs> Congratulations, of course. That's a Silverstein original. <laughs> yes, please do get what is for you comfortable but what looks uncomfortable to other people. Uh, you, you were in the army. You were drafted into the army in 1953. That's where it came together, Jack. You, ser <laughs> <laughs> you served in Korea. I did. And you began writing uh, uh, and illustrating cartoons for Stars and Stripes. Stars and Stripes. The Stars military and Stripes. paper, yes. Yeah, three cartoons a week. I was in heaven. It, despite being in a, in a war zone. Yeah, I, 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 whatever. <laughs> So there's, there's Just drew the day away. There's bombs exploding all around you. Yes, yes. There's uh, uh, the, the little uh, uh, army clerk saying the helicopters are coming. and uh, We were pretty far from action, to be honest with you. Oh, is that yeah. so? So probably easy to get some cartooning Simple. done. I walked around. Have you had sushi? <laughs> I, I, I have, yes, indeed. It is the best. Is that, that's what you discovered in the army? <laughs> it is so good. So army life, uh, did it agree with you? I liked it. Yeah, it was different than than the the college. I'd never liked college. To I liked me. yes. I liked me. I liked the military. Uh, did did you did you enjoy the the camaraderie of your your army chums? I met some friends. Yeah, lifelong friends. You know what they say? You meet a guy in the military, and you're gonna be friends for a long time. <laughs> it's very. Very specific, very casually worded expression. I'm not. The old military expression. Oh, it's a military expression. Yes. Well, you probably, if you haven't served, you probably no, I, haven't heard. Not, not in the U.S. Army, no, so I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> so uh, getting out of the Army, uh, your books were, uh, were collected. This was your first publication. Your, your, your books of uh, cartoons were collected in, in a volume. Uh, yes, they were. Why? Now, why? This I is don't want it to. What are we told? We could be making art. All no. right, I'm sorry. I went back on the bargain. Go ahead. Yes, you did. Stars and Stripes. I did a bunch. They put them together. They put them in a book. <laughs> now, that's when you realized uh, that your, your time in college was a waste of time. Yes. And that uh, you would rather have traveled around the world meeting people during that. that and that, that did happen for me through, through Playboy magazine. Oh, yes, Playboy, <laughs> Playboy, which is a, 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 a pornographic it's a magazine. magazine. Um, it sent you, uh, what did you call it? Nudie magazine. A nudie magazine. Sure. <laughs> That's a quaint term. <laughs> Seems a little devilish. I met a nudie magazine. Well. There's nudies in there. All right. The fuck pages. <laughs> well, that's uh, perhaps gone a bit too far in the other direction. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to. But, uh, 
You started you started doing uh, uh, drawings for uh, for Playboy magazine and uh, cartoons, uh, funny cartoons, and yes. uh, and then they sent you. Uh, this was an unusual thing that you don't. Uh, I, I don't know that anyone's ever repeated where they sent a cartoonist. They um, wanted me to do this forever. Yeah, true. They, uh, they sent me around the world. I went all over the place. I went to Asia. I went to Africa. I was in a car accident in Africa. And I, I I hate being. I hate cars. Oh, that, that, the car accident in Africa put you off cars. Well, it put a... me off traveling. I was traveling all over the place doing cartoons, and I was traveling with a photographer, and we were doing all kinds of fun gallivanting. As one does when they're on a, a cartoon travelogue. Yes. <laughs> and uh, You yeah. know what they say. When you're on a cartoon travelogue, you're bound to get up to some gallivants. <laughs> I have heard that. It's the old cartoon uh, travelogue expression. So yeah, we 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 did a bunch of them. <laughs> a bunch, a bunch of gallivants and cartoons. I I did cartoons. <laughs> well, I'd like to hear more about this car accident. It was so horrific that it put. I hurt my travel. leg and I couldn't travel for months, and so I I just never I never cared for 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 cars. But I walk. I'd like to walk. <laughs> then you thought, and you thought, well, if I like this walking so much. Cars seem to be out to get my legs. It was a traumatic injury from the accident. Legs are a key part of so walking. So I will, instead of riding in cars from now on, I will walk. Well, surely not everywhere. Yes, pretty much. What's the, what's the, what's the longest distance you've walked? Five, five miles. <laughs> well, so you, you enjoyed walking so much. This puts you off travel altogether? No, oh no. No, no, I love flying. Well, now, how would you get from your home to the airport? Walk. So you moved to within a five-mile distance of an airport. I give or take. I mean, I'm not into the specifics of it all. Well, I, I won't hold your feet to the fire on that one. Please don't. don't. I'm not wearing shoes. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, almost a round of applause for that one. It was dangerously close. We'll get there. Uh, you began drawing at age 12. Mm, uh, yeah. You would trace the works of uh, Al Cap. Who, I uh, uh, he, what was his, uh, his famous uh, cartoon strip? Just was, that, uh, that dog patch. Dog Lil pa Abner. Yeah, well. Is that, is that not correct? No, that's it. I feel as if you were about to say something else. No. <laughs> nope, that was it. Very mysterious. Figure. I like tracing, but then I didn't have a lot of. I didn't. I just drew. I was very creative. I just drew. I like drawing. What's that? Drawing. You're so doing... I would just draw, <laughs> sketch, and uh, am I saying something funny? No, or? not at all. So, so saying, then saying something fun. Yes. So we would draw, and then just whatever came out of my my head. Well, now, uh, I told my parents when I was very little that I would have books all the We didn't have many books, and I love books. So when I, as I grew, I just bought books and books and books and books and books and books. I'm sorry, what did you tell your parents that you were going to buy? I wanted books, and they said, we can't afford books. And I said, well, when I, have, when I grow up, I'll have books. Oh. And then you, I showed them. You, did, you certainly did. You certainly did. You said you bought books, and then you said it seven times. Yeah. But somebody, but that's a lot of books. Did you, did, you ever, did you ever say to your parents, look how many books I've bought? Well, my father was a real son of a bitch. So, but I loved him, but he was a son of a bitch. So I, I, one, one time I bought him a couch, and he had the delivery guys go take it back to the store. He wasn't going to take my cartoon money. It's a true story. Did he feel... <laughs> did he feel... <laughs> He felt like it was a waste of time. I'm just I'm sorry. I was hung up on the idea that someone would doubt the veracity of that tale. <laughs> That's simply too fanciful. <laughs> Who would return a couch? It was a nice couch. So he felt, uh, no doubt that it was, but he felt that uh, perhaps cartooning... <laughs> now that, that can't be a comfortable position. I do Bikram yoga every day. Is that so? Yeah. That, that's the hot yoga? Very hot. You sweat out your toxins. Yes. And people ask, does this ever feel good? And you say, yeah, when it's done. <laughs> it's one of those it's a old... True, that's a true story. 
one of those Bikram yoga sayings. Yeah. Um, so he, did your father feel that cartooning was not a, a respectable way for... He wanted me to take over the family business, and I didn't want to do it. I'm sorry if my question got boring halfway through. <laughs> you wanted to cut to the I chase. Just, I, I, like I said, you I saw had a, where I was I headed. coffee, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mess, I want to write, I want to do a, a, a show You can't songs. stop thinking about no. that cartoon? No, no, I can't. Uh, a, a much vaunted collabo that's yet to come. I'm looking forward to it. It's going I'm to counting the seconds. It's going to be wonderful. Certainly, uh, we have the good fortune that the audience is certainly not building it up in their minds. So, uh, there's no I'm a little way... rusty on the drawing, I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, well, luckily my caption game is in peak form. <laughs> so there's no way anyone could ever be disappointed. So now you said uh, uh, you said you you started to draw and write, um, and you were lucky that you didn't have to copy anyone. Uh, you developed your own style. You were creating before you knew there was a Thurber, a Benchley, a Price, and a Steinberg. You never saw their work till you were around thirty. That's right. So you, you had no influences at all. Well, I went to college and I went into the military, and then I just kind of rambled around and drew and tried to get jobs, and then I met Hugh Hefner. How did you? But how did you avoid other cartoons for so long? There were military cartoonists. But they, they weren't an influence. Maybe, from, from 12, maybe somewhat. From 12 to military age, your style was set. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you get out of the army. You, you start writing for Playboy magazine. You're doing this I drew this when I was 13. That drawing on the cover yep, of The Light the in the Attic? Yep, I drew that when Is I was that 13. Is that so? Now, uh, I don't remember. For people that don't... You just said... What don't you I, 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 when I do it, I just do it, and then it's gone, okay? And you may have done it at 13, I don't or you remember. may not have. But I probably did it when I was 13. <laughs> did I, do, I don't I remember do when I did this, though. I don't remember that one. The, the, the cover I the, may uh, not have drawn this. <laughs> where the sidewalk ends, that may not be me. The illustration on the cover of sure. where the sidewalk ends. I'm not ends. sure. Who, who might it be, if not you? Uh, Sendak. Maurice Sendak? Sure, maybe. Are Does that look fan? like him? It... It's it's rather Sendakian, yes. Indeed. I like him. I do like him. You do. You're a fan of his work. Yeah. Do you know? Was he a fan of yours? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> All right. I never met the guy. I asked to work with him once, and he he turned me down. So I don't pursue. You come to me. I don't come to you. Oh, is that how it works? Are, are there people that uh, that you wish had come to you that hadn't come to you? Several ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get it. Let's get into that now. You, 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 you're famous for these children's books, but of course, you, you wrote also uh, many uh, uh, saucy, uh, uh, dirty poems and things like that. Well, I was living at the Playboy Mansion, and so you, you were influenced by what was going on around you. Yeah, I'm a serious poonhound. Well, thank you for, uh, for cutting right to it. I mean, obviously, I was winding my way towards your, your poon houndery. But, um, Why wind to it? Let's just get to it. <laughs> it's, um, some people think the chase is better than the kill, but... Uh, uh, Look, my parents were so miserable, I said I'd never get married, so I never did. I just pooned around. <laughs> is, that, is that a term of your own devising? It's fun, though, isn't it? Fun. <laughs> it is fun. Pooning around. How would you say it? Well, uh, we we had uh, we had different terms back in my day. Uh, sure, you know, uh, uh, I, not that I'm I'm no uh, uh, uptight uh, square myself. I had a bit of an open marriage. Oh, my wife was not as into as I was, but uh, I don't get that. I don't get that. But you know, in, 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 in tacit understanding that this was a thing that was going to happen, and so it did. Um, <laughs> And so in my day, uh, we'd say, uh, hey, up for a bit of the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, things like that. I like that. Who's up for a spot of wind in the willows, we used to say. <laughs> Ladies, later on in my houseboat, we'll be falling up. <laughs> I don't... You've lost, I, you've lost me on that one. Is that a reference? It's a book I wrote. I wrote, I wrote another book called Falling Up. Yeah, you wrote you've so many books. Was that one of the children's books? Or was that one of that the was my last books? one, yeah. Was the last one? Oh, yeah. I just said, fine, here, you have another one. I don't really even want to write it. <laughs> that, that, when I wrote Falling Up, I was hanging out with David Mamet. 
the, the Chicago-born uh, playwright. I wrote about 170 plays. That's true. You, you wrote all these, uh, these uh, one-act plays. Nobody's ever read them. <laughs> That's not true. Eventually, eventually someone put on, they performed an evening of your one-act plays. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they were performed, and I'm sure people have read them, but they're not very well known. No, Only not. one made it to off-Broadway, I believe. Uh, I'll take you as you would. I could be wrong. I just forget what I do. Uh, I just do so much, and then I just forget about it. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing about life. We could all be wrong at any time. <laughs> so I think the audience will forgive both the researcher and the subject for not quite knowing which of your plays made it to off-Broadway. <laughs> Transitive. Now, um... Ah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um... Uh, let's talk about The Giving Tree, which is your... Uh, 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 we shouldn't go on without... Uh, with, uh, I, I want to make sure we have time to talk about The Giving Tree. It's your best, <sighs> known, your best known work. Fine. No, but it's not your favorite of your No. Works. It's your best known, but you, you prefer some of your other... Uh, Everybody uh, wants to know what it's about. Has anybody read the book? Yeah. One, one moment, Mr. Silverstein. <laughs> this is the second time <laughs> you've been asked if you've read The Giving Tree. And the second time you've asked, you've answered as if I'm asking you to perform jury duty. It's fine if you haven't read it. It's not that good. But do people? I mean, do, it's pretty good. Let, let me ask. It's, it, I think it's. I think it's a wonderful book. I well, think thank it's marvelous. You. Thank How many people uh, enjoyed the book, The Giving Tree? <laughs> yes, people have fond memories of this. Is there anyone here who didn't enjoy The Giving Tree? Get you out! Did. Get out! No, hold on! No, wait. Now you yourself. I'm very sensitive. <laughs> May I ask you, this, this person in the audience who, who applauded, why do you not like the giving tree? It's trying too hard to teach me something. It's trying too hard to teach me something, the young lady says. Now, let me ask you, what do you feel it's trying to teach you? To be generous. <laughs> to be generous? <laughs> so, are you, are you yourself a generous person? Would you say that you're a generous person? Are, are you here with anyone tonight? My husband. Okay. Uh, sir, would you say that your wife is a generous person? I would. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> of course, what are you going to say? HG, I want you to figure out which one of them is the tree and which one of them is the boy. Oh, I, I think it's fairly obvious. <laughs> I think there's been a gender flip and, and we know who's who. Now... Uh, so, do, at what age did you read this book? Uh, teenage. Teenage? Well, at that point, yes, of course. It's sort of... Well, here's the, here's the thing about that book. It's a very challenging book because children, I think, perhaps are too young to understand what it's trying to say. They're a drag, aren't they? I feel they're teenagers. <laughs> teenagers are teenagers. <laughs> and then uh, the person, the, the people that this truly affects the most are, are, are grown-ups, are adults, who, who can see... <laughs> do, you mind, do you mind if I take a snap of this one? This is, this is perhaps, I think, my, I my would favorite. Love would you like to get my books near my feet? Yes, of course I would. My disgusting Thank feet. Thank you. Now, you're just as, as God made you, and there's nothing disgusting about your feet. Can we... Can we get that? Oh, certainly, this, this coquettish pose needs to be shared with the world. There we go. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Silverstein. Um, uh, so The Giving Tree, what most people take it to mean, um, it, it's about, uh, I think a lot of people take it to mean, that it's, it's about parenthood. This is, this is how parent. no, please, please. Go on, I'm Bear sorry, go on, me, Because go on. This, is, this is your chance to set the record straight. I, I think that my, myself included, most people see it as um, uh, a, a sort of uh, uh, allegory for uh, parenthood, that the, uh, the parent uh, never gets tired of giving to the child. The child will always, it's the child's duty to, uh, to ask again and again and again for as long as the, the child and the parent coexist at that time. There will always be things that the child will need from the parent. And in the end, when the, the parent has nothing left to give, uh, can only uh, um, provide uh, something uh, for, the, for the child to lean upon. Um, that's, that's I, I think, a lot of people's interpretation of the book. Uh, what, what, what do you feel that you were trying to say with The Giving Tree? One person like giving, one person like taking. Full stop, or uh... full stop. That's it. 
I wish there was more. So it's it's not a story about. It's just an idea I had, and I started writing it, and then I finished writing it. So the idea, the, the inspiration, if I may, the inspiration came to you. What I say? What if there was a story about two opposite people? One, one of them's a tree. One. <laughs> one of them's a tree who can't get enough of giving. Correct. And the other one's a human being who starts out as a child, as all human beings do, then gradually uh, ages along with the tree. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, this, this the human character loves taking. Yes. The end. <laughs> if you find meaning in it, you find meaning in it. Now, I feel, I feel as if you're being a bit disingenuous. I, I feel like I'm being ingenuous. Do you... <laughs> Are you saying you find it you find it ridiculous, absurd that people find meaning in this story? No, you find your meaning in it. But I that's I just wrote a story about somebody who likes to give and somebody who likes to take. And, and I drew adorable drawings. They were adorable drawings. Yes, indeed, they were indeed adorable drawings. Even that stump is is rather precious, isn't it? Uh, there's some, and there's something that's uh, that's that's very bittersweet about that uh, about that book. Would you at least allow that? Yes. <laughs> well, this is a scoop, ladies and gentlemen. I got Shells Hillerstein on the record as saying there is something bittersweet well, about I didn't, the book. I didn't write it as a parent. Was this written, by, forgive me if I'm, if I'm hazy on your timeline, was this written before you were a parent? Yes. But you, but you had parents, certainly. I had parents, yeah. Could, could this book be an allegory about the parents you wished that you'd had? Oh, oh God. Oh, 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 no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh dear. I certainly didn't mean for this to happen. We try not to have epiphanies on this stage. Too late. <laughs> did you ever think about writing a sequel to The Given Tree? The Taking Tree. I did think about it, but I didn't write it. Now, how would that have played out? Would it be a tree who's... A, a horrifying nightmare tree. Certainly. That just takes the skin and fingernails off of a child first, and then... Starts plucking its hairs, and then maybe just continually, Not in order to grow strong and bear fruit. Does I the imagine child... it being a, a, a lemony orange tree. Does the child freely offer these, uh, these things? See, now we're collaborating. Oh, we are, aren't we? Now, it could go one of two ways. Either the child is demented and says, yes, please, pull out my fingernails. That's what I'm thinking. Rip off my skin. Sure, yes, I'm into it. Or it could Go with be, that. Go with your well, first... Let's, let's, let's oh. write it down, certainly. We don't want to forget it. But here's another way we could go with it, is that uh, the child does not want to give these things, and this tree is purely a taking tree, and it's a revenge story this is this this tree uh, has been spawned from a, a, an acorn or seed of the of the giving tree and then this tree has grown up saying one day i will have my revenge on that child's family and so uh, this this uh, man who sits on the stump he eventually fathers a child uh, this tree seeks it out it's a sort of a, a jaws 4 kind of scenario um this tree rips itself up from the ground, it manages to convey itself on its roots, finds this child in uh, the Bahamas, and uh, over the course of one grisly evening, pulls out this child's fingernails, hair, and skin. And is happy to do so. I have never been more in love with a human being than I am now. This is very exciting, ladies and gentlemen. The Taking Tree. It's we've just call Harper Collins. Get him on the phone. <laughs> They're still in business. Did you know that? Does that give you any? Oh, good. Uh... <laughs> no, I mean it. Oh, good. I used to let their the checks pile up. Just to see. No, but I just said, what, did, when, what do I need? What do I need more for? You know, what do I need more? I got my houseboat, I got a Key West house, I got a... Well, because you maintain it was all about the work. That production, was the most production, important make thing. it, make it, do it, do it. <laughs> okay, there's no, need, there's no need to jump down my throat, Shel Silverstein. 
we, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about your music career because that, you had quite a thriving music career. That's as well. correct. Yeah. Uh, I won you, a Grammy. Yeah, that's right. You, uh, you, uh, and you, you were the author of uh, A Boy Named Sue, the, uh, the very funny song that Johnny kept. <laughs> it was Gatlinburg in mid-July and I just got in and my throat was dry and I thought I'd stop and have myself a brew. No, we don't have the rights to it. I know that it's your song, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it would uh, behoove us to uh, transport you in the time machine to the, uh, the copyright office and uh, and say, "Well, oh. he's the fellow who wrote it." I don't think anyone would believe me. <laughs> One time, I bought a bunch. You of might be just some fellow with a pasted-on beard, for all they know. <laughs> Once, I was buying a bunch of books, and my then my credit card got declined because the fellow at the bookstore wouldn't take my credit card, and he said, "A homeless guy is trying to buy books with Shel Silverstein's credit card." It was me, the whole time. That's a true story. <laughs> um, you also wrote a, a number of songs for Doctor Hook and the Medicine Show. Yeah, they got uh, that got old. Uh, oh, did it really? You didn't care for Doctor? They were Hook? they were big drinkers and druggies, hippies. And that wasn't your scene. No, I loved being around it, but I never partook in it. Who, who was more tiresome, Dr. Hook or The Medicine Show? Probably The Medicine Show. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> well, the doctor, of course, is an educated man. Um, and then everyone else is just pretending at medicine. That's right. <laughs> Gets old after a while. I've got, I've got some medicine. No, I don't. Just kidding around. Let's do a dance about it. Um... <laughs> You also wrote, uh, in addition to the cover of The Rolling Stone, which is uh, Dr. Hook's most yeah. uh, famous uh, song, uh, perhaps a runner-up to that title, uh, Freakin' at the Freaker's Bowl. Thank, thank you. How did that one go? I don't remember. We don't have the rights. Does anyone hear? <laughs> well, well played, Shel Silverstein. Uh, I, I do believe we're, we're allowed to read some lyrics from uh, uh, Freakin' at the Freaker's Bowl. See if Bowl. I remember it, because I wrote it and just forgot about it. Certainly. Well, it's easy to see why when you hear them out loud. Um, don't forget to bring. Uh, oh yeah. Don't, don't forget, don't to, forget bring to bring your whips. your whips. We're going to the freakers' We're going ball. To the freakers' ball here. Blow your whistle and Blow bang your, your gong. Bong your gong, yeah. See if this one's familiar. Roll up something to take along. Yeah, up, yeah that's a drug reference. <laughs> it feels so good. Oh yeah. It must be wrong. That's me. We're free. We're freaking Freak, at the freakers' ball. ball. Yeah. Then it gets a little, uh, little risque. Some words I don't. Who me? Well, I, I don't. I don't want to repeat these words out loud, but it, it describes a, a, a scene. It's a sort of pansexual uh, Roman orgy that's going on. I remember that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me. Now, at, at some point, the song goes on. Uh, the FBI are dancing with junkies. Oh, is everything all right over there? What happened? Is everything okay? You don't what's, have any pudding over there, do you? Is there pudding in that box? What, I what could really go for some pudding. I, I do have to ask, what is in that box that you're holding? Free donuts. Free donuts? You've brought a dozen donuts to a show. What, what's, what was your plan here? You didn't mean to bring it. It was an accident. Show. Who here hasn't accidentally brought a dozen donuts to a live performance? We're all in danger of doing it all the time. Well, yeah, I, I crave your indulgence, uh, Mr. Silverstein, and then we, we'll, we'll wrap it up very soon, but I am Well, of course I want one. I'm a human being. Of course I want a donut. <laughs> but what, what... So you didn't plan on buying the donuts. Were you at a place where you said... What's that? We didn't ever buy them. Someone gave you these donuts. Who... <laughs> who, gave, who was this mysterious person? This, what, this Willy Wonka wandering around... <laughs> Well, I guess because you can't ask people, would you like an unwanted drug experience? Because the people will probably say no. Well, listen, I, I'm sorry. I, I, this is, this is a, a can of worms and a box of donuts I never should have opened. Um, I, I will say, uh, enjoy your trip. Uh, uh, orange slices, orange slices. Bring plenty of orange slices. Mr. Silverstein, we're running, we're running terribly late on time. The oh, accidental oh, donut word. man had oh, an accidental word. donut plan. 
He gave them out free of charge. The donuts were glazed. The donuts were large. He was a she. Twist ending. It's wonderful. I feel as if you wanted to drop the microphone after that. Do people do that? No, they no no they don't. They don't. They should. They. Sh I understand. The, I understand the urge, but they don't. Thank heavens. Uh, we just have time for a few quick questions from the social networking platform Twitter. These are people that couldn't be here this evening. Uh, where, where are they? They're, they're, they're out. They're, who knows? They're, they're all over the place. They're How fun! People all over the world. It is a fun thing. Uh, you know what? I think you would enjoy Twitter. I think, it would, I think it would confound you. I think it would frustrate you. But I think ultimately you would enjoy how much it does those things. Does it involve technology? It does. Not interested. I stand corrected. Is, does Twitter look like this? No, no. Very good. No, no, thank you. Um, all right. Where exactly? This is someone, uh, Julia W. D. Harrison, heir to a spray-on oil fortune. <laughs> I, I'll always wait for you. She asks, where exactly does the sidewalk end? I drew a picture of it. It's on the cover of the book. There we go. So sometimes the questions are quite simple. Um, Next question. Which children's author, this comes to us from Deanna, uh, which children's author is the most overrated? J.K. Rowling, clap, clap, <laughs> clap, clap, clap. All right, let's do it properly this time. Now that we know what's about to happen, I'll ask again, you'll give your answer, and everyone knows what they have to do. Shel Silverstein, Diana asks, which children's author is the most overrated? J.K. Rowling. That was satisfying. Next. Spoke too soon about that previous pose. Obviously, this is the one that cries out for capturing. Difficult to get you all in there. Get the whole thing. There we go. Sort of Batman villain slant to it. Dutch angle. Um, you, you worked with Hugh Hefner for years. Uh, this is, sorry. Uh, Good old Hef. Linus Sanderson. You worked for decades for Playboy. Any crazy stories about Hugh Hefner? We've got time for just one story. He loved to play pool. He was a pool hound. <laughs> he put his pool table out by the pool with the water in it, and uh, the felt got messed up, so we put a heat lamp over it. Smoothed it right out. So the answer True to any, story. So the answer, the answer to any crazy stories about Hugh Hefner, that's, I'll put you down for a no. What do you think of Dr. Seuss's early works like the tough coughs as he plows the dough. What? <laughs> Jesse asks, have you found your missing piece? And if so, what was it? Oh, more stuff about my stuff. The missing piece, it was a part of a circle and then it found its circle. No, you do it there. Is that it? <laughs> All right. P Peter K asks, did you ever consider changing your name to Shell Silverstein, Shell with two L's. Nope, sure didn't. I wouldn't do that. All right. Well, I think we've reached that time where we're, uh, we're about to have a magnificent car cartoon collaboration. Um, would, you, would you like to draw us a cartoon? I would love it. Very quickly, uh, quick as you like, draw us a cartoon and then I will uh, okay. caption it. Uh, what shall I do while you're drawing the cartoon to give you the time? To come just up? Uh, make up a melody. Just don't think about it too much. Just right out of your mouth. Just the, whatever comes out, uh, just keep it going. And when you feel like you're done, just go back to the beginning and repeat it over and over again. Uh, a song, in other words. Not a full... It doesn't have to be a full song. But just that, don't censor but yourself. But what you've described is a song. That it gets to a certain point, then it repeats itself. Okay, well, apples and oranges. Okay, let's go. What's the name of our What's the name of our cartoon, though? Uh, apples and oranges. Okay, great. 
Okay, I'm finished. Okay, okay. So you just do a caption to that cartoon. Certainly. All right, that's this is this is of course the famous cartoon column Apples and Oranges. And what you've drawn here. Now now what are you going to do while I'm coming up with the caption? I'll pose. You'll pose. <laughs> is there something you could do that would involve the listener of the oh, podcast? Sure. <laughs> I forgot all about it. Hey. I could read another poem from The Light in the Attic. I'll take a request. Anybody oh. got a poem they <laughs> want to hear? Go. Anybody know this book? I don't even remember what's in here. Let's take a look. See what I can find. Okay. Why don't I just read the first goddamn poem in here? <laughs> light in the attic. There's a light on in the attic. Oh, the house is dark and shuttered. I can see a flickering flutter, and I know what it's about. There's a light on in the attic. I can see it from the outside, and I know you're on the inside. <laughs> Looking out. <laughs> right, then I have my uh, caption. Very good. It was, uh, we're, car- we're cartoon hounds. We're, we're just a couple of toon hounds. <laughs> toon hounding around. Now, what Mr. Silverstein has drawn is, uh, is uh, these two figures who uh, um, uh, one's uh, uh, rather jolly and one's uh, a bit less so and they're, 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 uh, seem to be in the ocean. They're in the right? water. They're in the water. And, I uh, lived on a houseboat for a long time. I don't certainly, know if you know like, like Quincy the medical examiner. <laughs> bum, ba, da, 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 da. Oh, you're a fan! One of the best TV theme songs of all time. Go ahead. It was murder, said Quincy. That was CSI before it was CSI. So these two figures are in, in the water, and, I've, and I, one's very jolly, one's less so, and I've written, uh, uh, I say, being in open water reminds me, have I mentioned my wife and I have an open marriage? <laughs> well, there we go. A pleasure to work with you. Shell Silverstein, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Thanks to Shel Silverstein for his time. And special thanks to Mr. Mark McConville for no particular reason. Join us again next time when our guest will be William S. Burroughs. This podcast is produced by Mrs. Ben Zelovansky and Paul F. Tompkins with special material written by Mr. Zelovansky. The producers wish to thank Cody Fisher, Jim Yatto, Alex Berg, Susan Hale, and everyone at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theatre Los Angeles and Lauren Rock and Joel Arquios at 826LA. Our theme was composed and performed by Mr. Eben Schletter, Esquire. Our program is recorded live and monthly at the UCB Theatre Los Angeles. If you'd like to attend a future recording, tickets may be acquired at ucbtheatre.com. The theatre donates all proceeds to 826LA. For updates on future performances, please like the Dead Authors page on Facebook. For additional updates or to ask questions of our guests from the safety of your very own thumbs, follow us on Twitter, at DeadAuthorPod. The original Dead Authors reading series was created by Mr. John Korn. Until next time, this is H.G. Wells saying the show is over.